today as we continue looking at the covenant of prosperity, I want to speak to you today on what I entitle inevitable keys to prosperity. Inevitable keys to prosperity. I'm going to endeavor to give you about two keys today, but I do have more than two keys that I want to share with you. Now we've come to the point in this series where I can begin to talk to you about keys that are necessary for you to see what we've been talking about. But if you've just joined us and you're beginning to hear about keys, I need you to understand that I did not begin this series talking about keys. In actual fact, I began this series establishing the fact that we have a covenant with God. And we entered into this covenant when we gave our lives to Jesus. So if you are not a born again believer in Christ, you've got no covenant with God. But if you are born again, it means you've entered into a covenant. And a lot of people in the church are ignorant of this covenant that you've entered into with God. And so for the last one month or one month plus... We've been dealing with this covenant of prosperity. I've also established that prosperity is a good thing. Even though when you look at the church today, you would understand that it has been abused. That's the reason why we are looking at this subject and we've been able to deal with the abuse. I mentioned to you some of the abuse that you may have gone through or you may have heard about. Or some people you may know have gone through some abuse. And we've been able to deal with this. So if you've not followed us from the beginning, I want to encourage you to please go back to our website and watch all that I've been preaching with regards to this subject. But I also said to you that a child does not need principles or keys to live in his father's house. A child is eligible to live in his father's house by virtue of birth. By virtue of what? I am in my father's house because I was birthed by him. I am not in my father's house and do not have access to the things that my father possesses because I know principles. No, I am in my father's house and I've got access to everything my father has because I am born by him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. But notice, it says he is a new creation because he is in Christ. So if any man is not in Christ, he is not a new creation. Come on, say amen. amen. So it is when you come into Christ... You become a new creation, but it is also when you come into Christ that you come into this covenant relationship with God. The Bible says those that are Christ are the seed of Abraham. And they've also become heirs according to the promise. John chapter 3, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus in verse number 5, he said, He that is born of the flesh is flesh. Speaking about natural birth. You've heard me say this. Your parents got together and you showed up. Is that correct? And because your parents gave birth to you, you carry the traits of your parents. You look like your parents. When you were just newly born, people came to the hospital or they came to visit at the house. And when they looked at you, they said, oh, his nose looks like his dad's. Is that correct? His face looks like his mom's. So why do, did they say that? They said that because you were born by your parents. So Jesus said, he that's born in the natural or by the natural is natural. But then he that's born of the spirit is what? 
is spirit. So we understand that the born again experience is the doorway into this covenant. So by virtue of salvation, all that God the Father has belong to you. That amen needs prayer. I said by virtue of salvation, all that God the Father has belong to you. Now, that is what gives you the right. That is what gives you the. The Bible says in John chapter 1, I believe it's verse number 12. He came unto his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him. So them gave he the power. The word power there is right. To them he gave the power or the right to become what? Sons of God. Even to those that believe in his name. Say it with me, I'm a son of God. Even if you're a girl, you can still say it too. Say, I'm a son of God. Because son there, it's not masculine or feminine gender. Are you listening to me? It's not male or female. It's got nothing to do with, with that. You became a son of God the day you gave your life to Jesus. And when you gave your life to Jesus, you entered into a covenant with God. Now, I'm saying all of that to establish what we've been saying for the last one month plus. So, so as to help you understand that you don't access these things based on principles only. You access these things based on a right. Say it with me, I've got a right. Because I'm a son. I have access to all that God has. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Now, this is so very, very important because if we don't establish this solidly in our hearts, we can apply principles. But it's not about principles. It's about our position. Say it is my, it's about my position. So that's important. But today, I want to begin to talk to you about inevitable keys to prosperity. Now we have a position, but we must also understand that we live on earth. And because we live on earth, God has given us some things to do to activate. I want to say activate. Awesome. To activate what he has given to us. We must understand that as we do these things that I'm about to begin to talk to you about, we are going to activate what God has Placed on the inside of us. I've said this over and over again. If you want to operate in the power of God. You have to be a person of prayer. Is that correct? Now that's so very important. There is nothing that should take the place of prayer. In the life of a Christian. You've heard it said. And I want to repeat it. A prayer for Christian. Is a powerful Christian. Listen, that is not something we can overemphasize. It is a fact. You pray, you pray, you will work in the power of God. You don't pray, you won't. Fact. But you need to understand the power of the Holy Ghost or the power of God is not exclusive to some people. Every born again believer needs to operate in the power of God. Is that correct? But if you are not a person of prayer. Remember the scripture that I recited when I was praying in the beginning of the service. That God is able to do. What? Exceedingly. Abundantly. Above. All that you ask. Or think. How? You see, some people stop there. God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think. No, it says according to the power that is at work in you. So small power in you, small power will be done. Or small results will be done. Big power at work in you, big things will be accomplished. Come on now, say amen. amen. 
And one of the ways to stir up the power of God in, on the inside of the believer is through prayer. Come on, say amen. amen. And one of the most important ways to pray to stir up this power is praying in tongues. For he that prayeth in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. The word to edify means to build up. Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Is that not what the Bible says? So these things are important. The reason why I am showing you this is because I want you to know that there are things you do to activate. So if prayer activates power, that means if I pray, I can operate in the power of God. Every believer should, but not every believer do. Uh-huh. Now that is where you separate the men from the boys. Every believer should, but not every believer do. Why is it that every believer does not? Lack of prayer. Jesus comes down from the mountain of transfiguration. And when he goes down, a man brings his son and say, Master, I brought my child to your servant or to your disciples because my child is tormented by a demonic spirit. And I told them to help me, but they could not. They couldn't do it. Jesus said, how long will I be with you? Oh, faithless generation, bring the boy to me. And Jesus cast the devil out of the boy. Is that correct? And they come to Jesus privately and they asked him, why couldn't we do it? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. But when Father to expose or to reveal something so very important, he said, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Are you getting the point now? Jesus went further to say, not in the same place, but he told us, he said, if a strong man protects his goods, it will take a stronger man to take his stuff from him. And when he referred to a strong man, he was referring to who? Pardon? He was referring to the devil. When a strong man protects his stuff, protects his goods, you can't just break in and take it if you are not stronger than him. So why is it that even Christians today still have the enemy over their lives, influencing their lives and wreaking havoc in their lives and causing trouble and all of that and confusion. And when you look at some Christians, a week after service, it looks like they've been run over by a truck. Because they allow the devil beat them up after church service. Because what they got on Sunday, they did not maintain on Monday. They did not maintain on Tuesday. They did not maintain on Wednesday. And prayer, it's one of the ways to maintain whatever God does in your life. Are you listening to me? So what I'm trying to establish before I give you these keys is to understand that there are things you do to activate. Everyone say activate. So now let's go to the subject. Inevitable keys to prosperity. Key number one, write this down. Hard work. Hard work. Work. Now when I talk about hard work, I do not just mean lifting heavy weights. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about lifting heavy weights. In actual fact, it means putting your best into whatever you do. Your best. I want to say your best. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, Let's look at it. Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Do it how? Do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Hard work is it's a blessing from God. 
You see, the ability to work hard, I'm telling you guys, it's a blessing from God. Work is a blessing. Work is not a curse. Work is not a curse. Unfruitful hard labor, that is a curse. But work is not a curse. It's good to work. The Bible says here, whatsoever your hand find to do. Do it with all your might. In other words, don't be lazy about it. Lazy people never come into prosperity. Are you a painter? Are you a doctor? Are you a student? Are you a comedian? Are you a writer? Notice it says whatever your hand find to do. There are so many things you can do to prosper. So many. Are you a painter? Are you a doctor? Are you a, are you a, a comedian? Are you a musician? Are you a preacher? Are you a writer? Whatever your hand find to do. Do it how? Come on, talk to me. How should you do it? Do it with all your might. In other words, put yourself into it. Be engrossed in it. Give it time. Give it your sweat. Give it thought. Decide from today that you will not be average. But you will be the best at what you do. If you decide to be the best at what you do, that means there are things that you must do to rise up to the top. Come on, talk to me. Lazy people don't get there. People with average mentality don't get there. People that are not excellent don't get there. If you ever want to get to the top of what you do, you must develop an excellence mentality. Excellence mentality. Paul said to his son in the faith, study to show yourself approved unto God. Why? Because it is God who promotes you. When it is time for promotion and God deems it, God sees that you're ready, God will promote you. You see, God will not hold back promotion for the, from, from the one who is ready for it. I'm talking to children of God right now. I'm not talking to unbelievers. I'm talking to Christians. When you are ready for promotion, God opens the door. Are you listening to me? A lot of people are forcing, they are complaining, they are crying, they are whining, and they are, they, why is it that things are not happening in my life? I think the question you need to ask is, are you ready? A lot of people want to be put in a place where they are not able to handle. It is not about God putting you in a place, it is about you getting ready for the promotion. Because when God puts you in a place that you are not ready to handle, the place will destroy you. And God does not want you destroyed. So God would rather have you where you are right now. When I talk about hard work, I'm not talking about just lifting heavy stuff. Hard work in the area of your gift. Hard work in the area of your calling. Hard work in the area of your profession. Whatsoever you do. Give it all your might. And listen, when you give it all you've got, God will give it all he's got. But you see, people want God to give it all he's got, but they don't want to give it all they've got. Now God does not work like that. You want God to commit, you commit. It's getting quiet now. This is not a time to sleep now. See, this is the problem also. You teach like this, people sleep. 
that I rebuke the spirit of sleep over your life in Jesus name. Because what the devil knows you need, he puts you to sleep when you're about to hear it. Because he knows this is the deliverance you need. People are running from pastor to pastor. Deliver me from this and that. No, you don't need deliverance from anything. You just need to wake up and listen and apply yourself and you will see how God will prosper you. Study to show yourself. We can look at that and say, well, Paul was writing to a preacher. But I want you to also understand that yes, he did write to a preacher. But we can also say the same to one who is working a secular job. If you're working a secular job, you have to study there to show yourself approved on your job. If you're a student, you have to study to show yourself approved at school. If you are in the marketplace, you have to study, study business, study books on business, learn from people that are doing much better than you because that is where you want to go to. So hard work here does not just mean lifting heavy stuff. You know they say if uh, hard work makes people millionaires that African women would be. Because if you know about the way our mothers worked, and they still work till today, lifting heavy stuff on their heads and their backs and their shoulders. But I needed to understand that hard work is good, but we've got to understand that hard work in the right place is what is necessary. Did you hear what I just said? I said hard work is good, but hard work in the right place is what causes you to prosper. Am I preaching to anybody here today? Are you a painter? Are you a doctor? Are you a student? Are you a comedian? Are you a writer? Are you a musician? Are you a preacher? Aim at being the best. Don't settle for average. Don't compete with nobody. Compete with yourself. You look at yourself. You know that there is still more in you. That has to come out. Push yourself. Bring it out of you. Don't settle. Don't camp out. Bring it out. Push yourself. Push yourself. And listen, when you push yourself, guess what's going to happen? The stuff that God has deposited in you will begin to come forth. Push yourself. Tell somebody, push yourself. There is a mentality of excellence. And I pray today that God will impart into you a mentality of excellence. Amen. I pray today that a mentality of mediocrity will be removed from you today. That you develop a mentality of excellence. I will be the best at what I do. Amen. I will not be beneath anybody. I will be on top of my game. Amen. That is a mentality of excellence. And if that mentality of excellence, guess what? It will propel me to do some things to make sure I'm on, I'm on top. But if you have a mentality of mediocrity, guess what it does to you? It keeps you at a place where you don't push yourself to do better. We've got to push ourselves to do better at whatever. You hit a target and you say, no, there is more to accomplish. And you increase and you say, no, there is more to accomplish. You just keep pushing yourself and the more you push yourself, the more you discover the potential in you. God has placed in you unlimited potential. Your life or your heart is like the depth of the sea. And they say that the deepest part of the ocean is as deep as Mount Everest is high. In other words, you can take the, the tallest mountain, Mount Everest, and you dip it in the deepest part of the ocean and it will swallow it. That is how deep the sea is. And God has put in you depth. 
gift. God has put in you things that you have not even gained access to. Things that you have not been able to tap into. And they reside on the inside of you. But if you will push yourself, you begin to discover those gifts on the inside of you. They will begin to come forth. And as they come forth, you will see how those gifts and abilities will begin to take your life to a whole new place. You can go down one meter, you can go down two, you can go down five, you can go down ten meters. But you say, no, I want to go down to the very depth of everything that God has for me. And I know that I had not seen, ye have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, what God has in store for me. And I will press in, because as I press in, the Holy Ghost will reveal these things to me. And I shall grab a hold of the things that God has for me. I will not leave this earth until I accomplish all that God placed me to do. That is the mentality of a man of excellence. Paul said, I ran my race. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have run my race. I have kept the faith. I have finished the purpose of God for my life. Paul finished it. Paul finished it. Paul finished what God placed him on earth to do. I've run my race. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. Listen to me, people. When it's all said and done, will you be able to say, I've run my race. I have kept the faith and I have finished my assignment. There is a heavenly assignment upon your life. I said there is a heavenly assignment upon your life. I said there is a heavenly assignment upon your life. And until you press into the depth of it, you will not be able to access it. Listen, I've told you over and over again that precious stones are not found on the surface. If you want to dig to find precious stones, you've got to dig deep into the ground. Because when you dig and dig and dig, that's when you begin to see them. Everyone say hard work. work. Come on, say like a minute. Say hard hard work. You've got to work hard. On that which God has gifted you with. If you are a musician, don't be a lazy one. If you are a singer, don't be a lazy one. If you are a painter, don't be a lazy one. If you are a book writer, don't be a lazy one. If you are a preacher, don't be a lazy preacher. Come on now. Some people preach one service and it look like they've been run over by a truck. Don't be a lazy preacher. I try to preach as much as I can. And sometimes they think I'm preaching too much. I'm not preaching too much. I don't want to be a lazy preacher. I want to preach all the messages that God has given to me. So that when I stand before Jesus, I will say to him, I've done what you put me upon earth to do. And he will say unto me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on now, say praise the Lord. Lord. If you're a book writer, write all the books that God has put in you. But you've got to be disciplined about writing it. You've got to sit down and do something about it. You've got to do some research. Is that correct? If you think you're going to be sleeping all day long and write books, I'm sorry. You're going to be thinking about the books in your dream. It will never come to pass. If you love to cook, be the best cook. You see, that's a gift. You know, people are gifted with the ability to cook. You look at some of these kids, nine-year-old kids, eight-year-old kids, cooking up the most sumptuous meal. You ask yourself, where did they get it from? How come this kid can cook like this? It's a divine gift. It is put in that child by God. And that child needs to be the best at what he or she does. If you are in sports, be the best sportsman. Best sportswoman. Push yourself. You don't go to the top by being lazy. I'm preaching good, say amen. Amen. And I know I may not touch your area, but you know what I'm talking about. Because even as I'm touching these other areas, God is also talking about your area to you right now. People waste time. We will get to the time when I'll begin to talk about time wasters. You need to deal with time wasters. There are time wasters in your life. You need to cut time wasters away. There are people that waste your time. There are things that waste your time. Cut those things away because if you 
you'll be shocked. Today you say I'm 20. Before you blink, you're going to be 40. This is not a joke, people. Today you might say I'm young, I'm 25. Before you blink, you'll be 50. And you wonder, when did time pass? It passed when you were watching TV. When did time pass? Time waits for no man. Time flies. We are now in August. But just yesterday we were shouting Happy New Year. <laughs> time does not wait for nobody. You've got to invest. Invest time. You know people say, use time. Well, it's invest time. We shall get there. But I just felt like giving you that one out for free today. When did time pass? When did 20, just like that, yes. Because the Bible said life is like a vapor. It appears one moment and it disappears the next. Before you blink your eyes and open them, you'll be shocked that time has passed. That is the reason why we must make good use of time. We must make good use of every opportunity that God gives to us. Somebody's looking at his watch. You must make good use of every opportunity that God has given unto you. And you must be the hardest worker at what you do. When you are working for a businessman in his business, you need to be the hardest worker. When you're working in the company. You need to be the hardest worker. It may not be your business but putting your best into that company. And guess what? When you put in your best, God will notice you because you are not doing it unto man. The Bible says whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord because it is from God that our reward will come. Amen. Be the hardest. Be the best. Others are closing at five. He said, no, I'm putting in one extra hour. But Pastor God, it's not my business. Yes, it is not your business. But if you begin to walk with this mentality of excellence, guess what? You will have your own business. And when God will give you your own people to work for you, they will not work for you as workers. They will work for you as if they are partners in the business. Because they will take it as their responsibility to make sure that this business thrives. Say hard work. Whatsoever your hand find to do, do it with all of your might. Give it energy, give it time, give it sweat. It is important to start somewhere so that you can have something God can increase. The Bible says God will bless the work of your hands. God does not bless the seat of your pens. God blesses the work of your hands. Now listen to me. I know that it seems as if I've been talking about some professional Areas of work. But I need you to understand that if you've not got anything that's professional that you're doing right now, get yourself a menial job. When it says whatever your hand finds to do, whatever is whatever. You understand what I'm talking about? But of course, the Bible says, honor the Lord. What? With your first fruits from righteous labor. So I'm not talking about unrighteous labor when I talk about whatever. I'm talking about righteous labor when I talk about whatever. It is, not, is it not interesting that today in the church you have to define these things? Because if you don't define these things, somebody might leave this place and say, Pastor God will say, whatever is whatever. So we can do drugs and we can swindle. No, whatever is not whatever in that regards. Whatever means doing stuff that will bring God glory but will put food on your table. Get a menial job. God will begin to increase you from that. Amen. The Bible says, let him that stole steal no more. But let him work with his hands that he may have to give. So you've got to find something to do. I don't like it when I see Christians jobless. 
I don't like it when I see Christians leeching off of other people. Not because there is no job, but just because they don't want to work. And that spirit of laziness will come upon that person. And you will discover that you're just lazy. You don't want to work. Even if the job is offered you, you won't take it. Because there is a spirit of slothfulness that has rested upon that person. Everyone here needs to get something to do. Work a job. Work a job. I came here to play football. That was my intention initially. But it didn't work. But to be honest with you, even when I was looking for a football club, I was still working a job. What is this? I'm a footballer. You've got no club. Get a job. <laughs> You're laughing now, but I'm preaching the truth. Get a job. Get a job. Don't even get me started on, on how the football thing works. I don't even want to touch that. I was trying to get a club, but I was working. I tell all our Bible school students, each of you must work. Don't I'm a Bible school student, I stay at home. You work a job. You go get a job, you work. You know, one of the ways to easily get a job, and that's what I've seen some smart people do. Some smart people, I've seen some smart people do it. They go to a place, to a company, and they just say, boss, don't pay me. They just go there. They may not even get paid, but they keep going every day. And if you keep going every day, guess what? The boss will just, okay, look, man, come. Be a part of the team. Who wants to give a job to somebody who is sleeping the whole day? Because if you're sleeping the whole day, even if they gave you a job, you'll be lazy at the job. Come on and talk to me. I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. God will bless the work. Listen, my, my friends, my brothers and sisters, whatever you're doing right now, you may say it's too little. It's not really bringing everything that I need. Listen, stay faithful at that. Continue to be a blessing at that. And God will increase you on that job. And, and if you stay faithful with that job, this is what God does. God will now open another door for you. God knows how to promote people. God knows how to make a way where there is no way. But God will not promote a man or a woman who just sits at home and does nothing. God will not. God cannot. God is not obligated to do so. It will be God's injustice. If God does that, God will be unjust. Why should God promote somebody who just wants to stay at home, do nothing? Why? Smile at me and I'm preaching good. Come on now, say praise the Lord. Or you say, Lord, help me. It's either praise the Lord or owe me. Or it's either amen or owe me. Or praise the Lord or Lord, help me. But it's got to be something here this morning. Can someone say amen? amen. In 2 Kings chapter 6, you don't have to turn there, just listen. When the woman asked Elisha to help her pay off her debt, in actual fact, she had come to Elisha and she had said, My husband, your servant, when he was alive, he was a faithful servant. But he has left me and my two sons in debt. And the guy has come to take my sons from me. What should I do? Listen carefully. Don't bother about the scripture. Listen to me. What should I do? Elisha said to the woman. Listen to the question Elisha asked her. What do you have in the house of sale value? Everyone says sale value. Notice Elisha did not just say money come. Didn't do that. Something you've got at home that you can sell. You've got to work something. 
What do you have in the house that can be sold? That's got value. Intrins intrinsic value. What have you got in the house? The woman said, I have just a bottle of oil. That is okay. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. It's just a bottle of oil, man of God. It's okay. God will multiply it. Start with it. Amen. See, the miracle was always in the woman's house. But sitting on the table in the kitchen. What God will use to raise you up is already with you. But it's just sitting there. And because you are not applying it, it's not increasing. Just a bottle of oil, man of God. Go back home. Borrow empty vessels from your neighbors. You and your sons. Lock yourselves up in your house. And pour the oil into the vessel. And as she did, all the vessels were filled. Now she didn't know what to do. She goes back to Elisha. Men of God, this is what you said to me to do. I've done it. What next? Everyone say, what next? You've done part A. Now it's time to do part B. Part B is this. You're going into the market. Everyone say, market. market. You're going to sell the oil. You've got to work for the money. Prosperity don't come, on, come to lazy people. You can't just sit at home and expect an angel to show up at your door with a, with a bag of gold. Woman, get up. Go back home. Take the, the jars of oil. Go into the market and begin to trade. And whatever you get... From what you sell. Take that. Pay the money that you owe your husband or the, cre uh, the creditor. And then you and your children live on the rest. That is to show to us that the miracle you need is right in your house. But you are not doing anything with it. The moment you start applying that. And using it. And working it. God will use the work that you do. To bring you the increase. And to bring you the abundance. That was how the woman paid off her debt. And her and her two sons lived on the rest. Oh, Pastor Goro, this is Old Testament. Give us New Testament. I'll give you New Testament. Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, they are asking us to pay the temple tax. What should we do? Jesus said, you are a fisherman. Go and fish. <laughs> no, come on. Notice Jesus did not say, Money, come. No, Jesus said, Peter, take your line, take your hook, and go to the stream and throw in your line. And the first fish you catch, when you are about the business, God will bring the miracle to your life. When you are busy doing what you should do, God will step in and God will give you the supernatural. When the natural is in motion, then the supernatural is activated. The supernatural is activated by the natural. You've got to do something in the natural to see the supernatural activated in your life. People say, God, give me a miracle. But they are not doing anything in the natural to see a miracle. There is a step that you must take. That God will meet you in the middle and bring you the breakthrough that you need. You are a fisherman. Go catch a fish. Go catch a fish. Your gift is in your hands. Your job is in your hands. That is what will bring the provision in. Thank you. And Peter had to go catch. He had to go fish. And he caught the right fish. And in the mouth of the fish is money. That was supernatural. If you want to see the supernatural, start to do the natural. God, I need promotion. This is the year of expansion. Yeah, if God expands you, what will you do with it? 
That's why I must preach like this and get you ready for the expansion that God wants to bring upon your life and this church. We have to be mentally ready. We have to be physically ready. We have to be ready in every area of our lives so that when the promotion and the expansion comes, we will know what to do with it. I told them, I guess it was on Thursday. Remember the scripture that says that God will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. But I told them on Thursday, it does not say God uses fools. It says God will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. It does not say God uses fools. Time of ignorance needs to be over. Time of laziness needs to be over. Time of living a life of mediocrity needs to be over. Tell your neighbor, push yourself. Push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. Hard work, hard work, hard work. On Thursday, I told the story. Story of, if my brother is watching this, he might watch this later. My brother who lives in London, the United Kingdom. This is the story. And it's a very true story. Very true story. He was very good in school. Very good, very good in sciences. Especially with mathematics. Very good. So what my brother would understand in five minutes, his best friend understood in 40 minutes. If you understand what I'm trying to say. So when my brother looked at it, he got it. It's just that easy. You know, some people are like that. My brother looked at it. Oh, I see. Okay, I see. It's just a formula. I know it. So he said to me, God, with maths is easy. All you need to know is a formula. Once you know one formula, you can apply one formula in many. I said, no, it's not like that. I said, no, English is easy. He said, no, no, English is hard. Math is easy. So this is the way his brain worked. He looked at it. He got it. He studied electrical electronics engineering. So he, he, in high school, he was, he was on top of his game academically. So this best friend, best friend, I want to say best friend. They were both competing for the best. But my brother would understand in 10 minutes what his best friend would understand in 50 minutes. So his best friend knew that if I would beat this guy, I have to work extra. It was a hard work. So his best friend would read and read and read and read to grab what my brother understood in 10 minutes. When the final exam came in the entire school, guess who, who came on top? Guess who was the best in the entire school? Best friend. You know why? Because his best friend chose to work hard. And he did work hard and came up the best. Guess who was the second best? Listen, there is nothing you cannot do if you set your mind to it. There is nothing you cannot accomplish if you decide to do it. God has so designed man in such a way where man, if he puts his mind to it, he can do it. That's how man is. Man is so limitless. But it is man that limits themselves. I don't know it. I can't do it. I can accomplish it. You limit yourself. God does not limit you. Whatever you set your mind to do, you can do. Everyone say hard work. Hard work. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. We read from verse 6 to verse number 11. This is very important. Go to the end, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Wow. God is telling people to go learn from ants. God, is it not interesting? God is saying people learn from ants. That's what he says. Go to the end. You lazy. The word sluggard here means lazy. Consider her ways and be wise. 
You just have to go stand and look at ants. And you're going to get wisdom. That's the Bible. That's what God's saying. He says, which having no guide, no overseer, no ruler, no king, no one telling them, do this, do that, go here, go there. No one tells them, no one commands them, yet they know what to do. They have no overseer, they have no ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Wow. Ends. See, if you study, if you study ants, you would, they would, you would discover that they know how to provide for the rainy day. They know what to do. They have a storage. That was a storage. So when they work in the summer, listen to me, when they work in the summer, they don't eat everything they work. They take some and they keep aside because there is a season when they cannot work. But they know what to do to make sure that the season where the weather is harsh and they can work, they've got more than enough to eat. Gathered have food in the harvest. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? There's something about sleep. And I see people who sleep in church sleep at home very well. Some of them were beaten by a bug. Sleeping bug. Says a fly in Africa. Bites people and they sleep. There are no sister flies here. Sometimes there are spiritual sister flies. And unfortunately, the spiritual sister flies bite people when you start preaching. Put them to sleep right in the middle of the message. That's why sometimes before we start preaching, we need to just say to people, tell your neighbor, say neighbor. I love you, but do me a favor today. If you find me sleeping, knock the daylight out of me. There's something about sleep. There's something about sleep that, that sleep that robs the future. There's something about sleep that robs you of your destiny. There's something about sleep that robs you of the call of God for your life. There's something about sleep that delays your progress. There's something about sleep. There's something about sleep and we've got to be very careful with it. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. I remember some years ago, Pastor Corey and I were having a conversation. And uh, because of our conversation, I don't need to tell you details, but I just said, look, Pastor, I, 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 can't, I can't work in, the, in a schedule. I can't. I can't do eight. I can't do nine to five, nine to six. I can't. Because at 10 p.m. I get calls. 2 a.m. you get calls. What do you do? Huh? Pastor, come now, come now. Come quickly. 
There's fire on the mountain. Run, run, run. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Proverbs 13, 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. This is God's divine guarantee. God's div Everyone say God's divine guarantee. God says if you gather by labor, you will definitely increase. It is God's divine guarantee. Work is a blessing. Work is not a curse. It's time for Christians to begin to understand that it is a blessing to work. <laughs> it's a blessing to work. He that gathereth through labor will increase. Because God will bless the work of your hands. But notice what it says in the... Uh, in part, part A, wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish. Say, so listen, one thing you must understand is this. God cannot bless anything that's uh, an illegal business. God cannot bless drug money. God cannot bless people dwindle. God blesses righteous labor. I thought of throwing that one in for free. Proverbs 14.4 Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. Do you understand that verse? Where there are no oxen, the creep or the, the barn or the, the, the threshing floor is clean. It's, it's a proverb. It's basically saying where there is no walker, the office is clean. Is that correct? The site is clean. But when you have people working, the place is what? Busy. And it's in the busyness that the increase comes. Anybody getting that? Come on now. Work is good, but work can be rough sometimes. But it's okay. When you go to a building site, it doesn't look beautiful. Come on now. But when the building is complete, it's a magnificent skyscraper. Is that correct? The work site might look dirty. The work site might look rough. That is the way it is with work. That's what the Bible is saying. That where no oxen are, the creep is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. The more you work, the more increase. Come on now, shout praise the Lord. I'll finish with this last verse. This last scripture, Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24 verse 30 to 34. I'll finish with this. This is very important. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 to 34. He says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nestles. And nestles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come 
as one that travelers, and I want as an armed man. Sometimes people set the alarm clock to wake up at six. And when the alarm goes off, they turn it off and increase it to, to nine. <laughs> you laugh because you've done it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You set your alarm clock. Listen, life, success in life requires a lot of discipline. If you want to really succeed, discipline, it's a very vital key. And we cannot talk about hard work without talking about discipline. You see, it is discipline that enables you to work hard. It is discipline that keeps you working hard. Are you listening to me? Many years ago, I went to TBS. We were out on evangelism. Actually, I think I, I went out to visit with people in TBS. Back in the day, I'll go out, especially to like TBS area, minister to people. When I say TBS, you need Talabashe. Go reach people. And back then, we had a lot of um, Africans converge in the TBS area. So I was on the street talking to people, and then I, I had this conversation with this young guy from Nigeria. And as we were talking, uh, one thing led to another, and he made a comment that shocked me. He told me that he just woke up. And that was around 1 p.m. And it really bothered me. I said, why did you just wake up? He said, because there are no jobs. Now, that's the first lie that Satan has told to so many people. There are no, no jobs. So because there are no jobs, sleep. Then I said to him, that's not true. But let's just imagine it's true. If there are no jobs, why don't you employ yourself? Now, some people may not understand what I mean by employ yourself. When I say employ yourself, I mean get, yourself, get busy with something. Don't wait for somebody to give you a job. Give yourself something to do. One of the things you can give yourself to do is wake up in the morning, pray, and open a book and read. Because if you keep waking up at 1 p.m., the spirit of slothfulness will come upon you. And you will discover that you might run like that with the spirit of slothfulness controlling your life for the next 5-10 years. And it has to be broken off of you. All the excuses. No job. No this. No that. These are just excuses. Sometimes you have to ask yourself the question. The jobs I'm complaining about, were they not created by somebody? The job you want to work, the employment you're looking for, did somebody not create that employment? If someone created it, why can't you create something? The reason why many cannot create anything is because they have a poor mentality. But it's time to rise up people. Come on, I say it's time to rise up my friends. It's time to rise up. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to rise up. I'm telling you today, by the Spirit of God, something is going to be birthing your heart. Something will be birthing your life. You are going to leave this place a totally, totally different person. You're not going to keep thinking the way you've been thinking. They've not employed me. That's why I'm not working. Nobody's giving me a job appoint, appointment. That's why I'm not working. Today, God's going to stir in your heart to create something for yourself. And it will not just be for yourself. It will be for people. And people will get employment because of what God will use you to create. We take authority over that spirit of poverty. Over that spirit. You see, the spirit of poverty makes people lazy. The spirit of poverty has so many ways it manifests. But I take authority over that spirit, over, over this church and over, this, over the people here today in, in Jesus' name. Each of you can rise. 
each of you can rise. Can someone say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody getting anything from this today? Yes. Hard work. Begin to work hard. Go early to work. Go early to work. Be the best at your place of work. Can I also tell you something? It is this, this attitude. This attitude is the reason, I mean, I'm talking about this lazy attitude, is the reason why Christians don't employ Christians. I went to the office of a Christian uh, businessman. This was years ago. And I would go visit him every now and then. So this one, this, this particular day I went to his office and, and I observed because every time I go there, I observed that everyone working for him were, in my opinion, they were unbelievers. And I wasn't judging them, but in my opinion, they were unbelievers. So I, I told him, I said, why is it that you don't have Christians? And I was actually referring to some people from the church. Why don't you have them work for you? You know what the businessman told me? He said, no, pastor, it doesn't work like that. If they work for me, they will work less. And it will be tough for me to, to kick them out because, because of the sentiment involved. They are my brothers in the church. I can't fire them. I'd rather use unbelievers. I'd rather use people who don't come to church. I'd rather use people who don't come to our church. You know how sad that is? You know how sad that is? But it's not going to be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you today. There is a reason why your word has come. And Lord, your word has come to set your people free. And I know, I know, I know from the bottom of my heart that you are empowering your children. Not only those that are in the sanctuary, but also those that are watching on the internet. In the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority over every spirit that's holding your people back and holding them down. Lord, I even declare that mentalities are changing today. The Lord, as they leave this place today, they leave this place with a totally new mindset. And Lord, you will give them ideas of what to do and increase them. Thank you, Lord, because prosperity is their portion. And Lord, they will be the best at whatever they do. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name.